Transmitting from the Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina. I am your host, NC Scout, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, and that is all of you out there. Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, brought to you by Civil Defense Manual. CivilDefenseManual.com. Go check it out. The world ain't getting no prettier. The world is absolutely not getting any prettier, and in fact, it is getting a hell of a lot uglier. So, wouldn't it be nice if you could get one manual in two volumes, across two volumes written by experts in their field, special operations experience, and really just well put together My buddy Jack Lawson did that. I wrote the communications chapter in it. You need to go check that out. It is written from a common man perspective from vetted experts who know what shit hits the fan looks like. And let me tell you, been there, done that, got the scars, wrote the book, contributed to a few other books. I'm just telling you right now, you need these two volumes. If you haven't done it, we're going to be talking about some headlines. We're going to be talking about a little bit of news tonight that really paints a vibrant picture about what is coming down the pipe. CivilDefenseManual.com. CivilDefenseManual.com. You need it. Go there. Do not delay it or put it off any longer. You need those books. Joe Dolio, Tactical Wisdom. Frequent guest on this podcast, frequent guest to Radio Contra, all around good guy, and and I've got it on good authority that he is going to be in class up in Michigan because we've got an RTO, advanced RTO, signals intelligence course coming up in Michigan in May. I want to see all of you out there in the northern Midwest. I want to see all of y'all in that class come out to train one week. And I'm telling you, you ain't going to forget it. But Joe Dolio's Tactical Wisdom, his three-volume set, and I got a link down below in the show notes. You need those books, too. Okay, you need those books too. Global War on Terror, Marine Corps vet. God knows his stuff inside and out. You go back and you listen to the interviews that he and I have had on this very show. And we're going to have a bunch more. We're going to have a bunch more. But you definitely need to get down on those books. All right. And last, certainly not least, two special operations veterans, legends in their field, I mean, you know, they know everybody, okay? Plain and simple. They know everybody, and they love, they love. They got a podcast out now, too. They got a podcast out now called The Pinelander. 
but Blacksmith Publishing, Paul Lefevre, Mike Blackburn, incredible, okay, just incredible amount of knowledge. You go back, you listen to Radio Contra episode 97, that is my personal favorite episode of our interview that we did together live in person. That is the only um, interview that I've ever done live with with other people in the same room. It's pretty amazing. And um, it, it was really incredible. So if you haven't listened to that, you need to go back and do that. But these two guys put together the U.S. Army Special Forces Small Unit Tactics Handbook. They wrote, when, when we talk about small unit tactics, they literally wrote the book. And it's out there. And you can get it. Okay, they wrote a lot of other really great books too. I got a link to all of them down below in the show notes. Okay, click those links. Alright, click those links. Get that knowledge. You need it. Okay, you need it. And there has never been a better time than now to really be doubling down on your, your knowledge library and what you are uh, really stacking the deck on. Because I'm telling you, this is getting serious and these things are spiraling into the next level with a, an expediency. Um I'm not really one for timelines. I, you know, people people always will ask me. People like to ask, you know, and and I get it. They're scared. Um, you know, we all have our motivations out there. People are scared. They're nervous. You know, and they think that uh, guys who are in the public eye, like myself, and you know, a, a lot of others, a lot of the other personalities out there that are out there doing this kind of thing, that we have some kind of crystal ball on stuff. And you know, the reality is, is that nah, um, we don't have a crystal ball. Okay. The, the, I don't like giving timelines. All I can do, all I can do is offer you my thoughts based on professional experience, professional education, and what I see culminating and, and, you know, fuse that with personal anecdotes here and there of stuff I've seen in the past and where it is all coming together. And, you know, when I tell you, look, you know, Stuff is is really things are are coalescing and moving in a way that um, really do not point to being in a good direction. It, it it appears to me it's readily apparent that the uh, Politburo in Washington is hell bent on complete totalitarianism, and they're going to do this by any means possible. Um, and I think by the end of this episode, we will have laid out a very clear case for what they're doing. You know, the trucker strike, which is continuing the, the freedom convoy, uh, the honking, uh, whatever really the, the, you know, you want to call it, th this thing is really shaking the halls of power. And I want to speak to this real quick because earlier today, um, I had a interesting conversation about this and, you know, growing up lower middle class and, um, you know, not really having a whole lot of money and, and it's kind of a hard scratch lifestyle, 
you know, and um, I mean, we had we had a few f- nice things here and there. Um, you know, you you have your annual vacation. A lot of people didn't get to get that. We did. Uh, you know, every summer we go to the beach. You know, and and you know you, you have that. But I mean, you're you're literally for the other fifty one weeks out of the year, you're working your ass off uh, for what you've got. You know, and and so some people were were talking. And, you know, I, I was kind of brought into this conversation blind and they were talking about how, you know, like that, that's the, the Canadian trucker strike. And, you know, there were some movements being made that are still being made here in the States, um, of doing similar things. And so, you know, they were talking about how that's going to exacerbate the supply chain problems and it's going to make everything worse for everybody. And it's all this doom and gloom stuff. And I said, you know, you got to understand something. Um, growing up where I grew up. Growing up in the household that I grew up in. Where, uh, you know, the, the organized labor is very, very important. Okay. It gets a lot of deserved criticism. Okay. It, it absolutely does. And, and you know, I, I readily admit that I'll be the first one to admit that. However, what I will also say, and I talked about this in the interview with Diana Ploss, you know, you need to go back and listen to that again, um, where, you know, we, we were discussing labor unions and I could tell that, that, you know, we were on a, we were on a different path. You know, we, we had a different perspective on it. And, and I totally get that too. Uh, I totally get that too. I see things from the ground level, from the guy who is the worker, from the guy who is the actual guy, not from, you know, the snakes who are the labor union organizers. They're scum. Okay, not the workers themselves who are collectivizing, bargaining for better rights, and, you know, for a fair shake, they earned it. Okay. You know, as, as far as the, the, uh, organization part of it, once people get into the hierarchy of labor unions, there's a lot of corruption and that really doesn't need to be pointed out. Cause that, that's, we all know it. And, and that's the, that's outside of the point that I'm trying to make. The point that I'm making is that everybody feels the pain when you go out on strike. When a labor union goes out on strike, everybody feels the pain. Okay, it's part of it. It's part of it. When you go out on strike, when a, a, a labor union says, enough's enough, we're going out, and that's it. Well, you know, you're not getting paid, number one. You you have voluntarily quit your job. Okay, that, that is what happens. For everybody that doesn't know, that, that is what happens. You walk off the job, you're not getting paid, okay, but everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. And you surround the factory or you surround the machines or whatever it is, right? And, and this, really the idea of doing this goes back to the Industrial Revolution and the activities of the Luddites, who uh, Luddites were being replaced for mechanized labor, right? So you had machines that were taking the place of what 
10 and 20 men were doing in specialization of labor and it was taking you know it was taking their place and so what they would do is they would go in and they would smash the machines up they would shut the machines down they would sabotage them whatever it is and so the symbol of the luddite became you know a, a wrench throwing a wrench in the machine or simply over time it became just a raised fist Right, the raised fist, which we now um, frequently associate with left-wing politics. You know, I saw uh, some gentrified house earlier today. I was I was driving through kind of a rough area um, to uh, get get some work done uh, earlier today. I was going to visit my dad, who's who's not doing well, and um, you know he he's having to be taken care of. And I was going to visit him. And uh, it's kind of a, you have to drive through a pretty rough area to get there. And I saw this gentrified home. And while I'm riding in the truck, I see this. And I'm thinking to myself, the irony of this, right? So you've got all this poverty around here. you got generational poverty around here. You've got literally, you know, the, the most poor of the poor out here. Drug addicts, people strung out generational stuff that's going on here and right in the middle of this right in the middle of all this you've got this house this painted turquoise with this rainbow flag on the front of it and raised fist but you know what else they had that i thought was really really funny and really ironic they had a fence that's right a fence and a pretty high one too all the way around their property and you know something else they had they had a nice shiny new Mercedes sitting in their driveway. See, because they probably bought this house for like thirty-five thousand or something, maybe not even that. Went in, fixed it up, made themselves their little nice gentrified place. And the first thing they did was they put a fence around it, so they have a clear barrier around their property. And they got the audacity to put this rainbow flag out there with a raised fist on it, right? Yeah. Yep. Real communist, real leftist, real populist right there, right? So you can look down at all the other peasants, right? While you sit there and you talk about workers' revolt, you never worked a damn day in your life and you know it. But this is the castle which you have created for yourself. I just find all that ironic. So anyway, getting back to the point though, when when you go out on strike, the raised fist, the collectivized laborer, right? The worker. Workers of the world unite, right? This is a common thing that we have heard out of the left because they have traditionally been associated with workers' movements. But I submit to you that that has all changed, all of it, 100%. And what we see out of Canada is just one more indicator. This was exactly what I was talking about with Diana Plaus. See, at the ground level, at the worker level, it's understood. At that middle class level, at the lower middle class level, it's understood. And we want nationalism. We want our nation to be strong. Because that is for what we work for. That is for what we espouse. That is the source of greatness. That's, just, that's what brings us together. And it's very interesting that it was similarly popular propagandized in World War II in the United States and in the Soviet Union and in Japan 
and in Germany. These things, these appeals to the worker never change. And so where am I going with all this? Labor unions, when you go out on strike, everyone feels the pain. Everyone. There is no battle that is fought that you come out of with a clean victory. I'm going to tell you that right now, personal experience. You will expect to lose things. And that is the whole point. They feel the pain, you feel the pain, but it is a battle of wills. Who is stronger? Who is stronger mentally? Who can endure? Who is willing to fight, to sacrifice? How deep are you going to go? Sure, you have your halls of power. So you think. But we have the power. The people have the power. You know, I found it very interesting while I was in the truck. I unfortunately had to spend more time on the road today than I wanted to. Um, getting ready for uh, the scout course this weekend, a really big one. And um, got, you know, immediately following that, uh, MechMedic has got Partisan Lifesaver the following weekend. And, of course, then I'm going to be headed over to Tennessee for uh, RTO, Advanced RTO, and Signals Intelligence. That course is full, by the way. Um, full to the brim. Can't take no more, I'm sorry. Um, but we got a lot more dates for that course up on the calendar, so you should definitely go check that out. But uh, spending some time in the truck, getting to listen to a little bit of talk radio here and there, and, and some of the talking points that were being put out were pretty interesting to me. Um, you know, the the one thing, and, and of course yesterday, um, you know, podcasting's been a little rough. I've had a, a lot happen in the past uh, 48 hours and then coming on the heels of, uh, doing, getting, getting a lot of stuff. It's been kind of hectic on this, this end. But, um, that being said, the national terrorism advisory system bulletin has made its way all across, uh, talk radio, a lot of the different alternative media platforms, conservative platforms, and, you know, I really think that, that this is just a bridge too far. Uh, it is absolutely a bridge too far here. And, you know, one of the big things that I think needs to be pointed out, and I, I'm going to tie this in with my first talking point. This is coming from Department of Homeland Security. And the first sentence of this summary of a terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis- and disinformation and malinformation introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. Hmm. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction and sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions that encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. Um, all right. So, 
going a little bit deeper into this, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives, which so discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions, and two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets and mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher ed- education, racial and religious minorities, Government facilities and personnel, including law enforcement and the military and the media. Perceived ideological opponents and three calls by foreign terrorist organizations for attacks on the United States based on recent events. So I think that this is this is really interesting. Um, It's interesting, number one, that they are leading this terrorism threat bulletin. By saying that the First Amendment, they are making an argument that the First Amendment is essentially null and void. So, how do we define what is mis, dis, and malinformation? How does one go about defining such a thing? Well, when you look at the steep decline in corporate media. And we know that, that corporate media is essentially owned by AT&T, Disney, and Universal. And of course, can't forget uh, Viacom over there owning CBS. Um, when, when they have completely lost control of the narrative, the, the official outlets, the government here is admitting to us That there is some level of collusion between official media outlets and the government itself. They they get their talking points there. And so the beauty of the First Amendment is that alternative speech platforms such as this one are allowed to exist. And we have that fundamental right. It is our first and most basic right. The free and independent media, except when you have corporate media. And the collusion of corporate media with governance, because there is no difference. There is no corporate cronies, as was the cry of the left during the George W. Bush administration. Corporate cronies. Corporate cronies is corporate. The government is nothing more than corporate cronies. That's all they are. Okay, It doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or left or right or whatever you think you are. Okay, they are all serving corporate interest. And when it comes to the media, when it comes to the media, they've lost complete control over the narrative. I submit unto you the acts of attempted censorship, the vociferous censorship, which has all now been exposed against Joe Rogan. This is all coming from a left-wing political action committee. And it's very fascinating to me. Uh, it's very fascinating to me that they champion the freedom of speech only when it benefits them. But the corporate media needs to have all of this shut down. The government media complex needs to have all of this shut down. And the false or misleading narratives, well, false or misleading narratives like what? Pick one. Because the government lies to us every single day. Especially this one. Such as, oh, I don't know. Biden was lawfully elected. That's a pretty big one. 
and they cannot regain control of that narrative. How about COVID? Yeah, they've lost that one too. The truth's coming out. Truth's absolutely coming out. And they're going to try and shut all this down. That's fine. So, so discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Well, no, they should be called into question because they are not above reproach. Period. U.S. government institutions are not above reproach. They should constantly be called into question. That is the job of the fourth estate. Or, so I am told, so I was told in my education. Ali de Troqueville, maybe? Kind of, sort of, not really. Who knows? Of course, not in today's America. Oh, no. Continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure. See, with Joe Dolio of Tactical Wisdom, last time he was on, we talked about this. It has been the left wing that has been doing this. It has been the left wing that has attacked U.S. critical infrastructure over and over and over again. Both at the small unit level. That's right, their little cell level, Earth first. Earth Liberation Front, ELF. They've been very, very active. Very active. And of course, at the nation-state level, we shut down Keystone XL. We had sub $2 a gallon gas. Keystone XL shuts down, and now all of a sudden it's $4 a gallon. On average. On average. You tell me. Who's attacking U.S. critical infrastructure? Who's been arguing for it? It's been the left that's been arguing for it. They're arguing for sabotage. And you know what? They're going to act on it. And we've been calling that out consistently. I, personally, have been calling this out consistently. And a lot of other people in the alternative media have been as well. And we've been telling you to get ready for it because we've seen the warning signs. And yet, this government, Department of Homeland, security the homeland the homeland with wide open borders we have absolutely no idea who's coming in from our southern border we're just gonna bring them all in right that's exactly what we're doing so discord and undermine public trust in u.s government institutions here how about this do a better job do a better job and we wouldn't have to do that Maybe represent the people that you claim that you serve. And we wouldn't have to do that. You wouldn't have truckers blocking the capital of Canada. You wouldn't have any of that. You wouldn't have these little pissant liberals like the town council, the city council of Ottawa getting up there, this little meek lady playing the playing the victim part. Don't you love how they get up there and they play the victim? Right? They play the victim, but in, meanwhile in the back, these are some of the most sadistic, vindictive people you have ever seen to hold public office, and they are the last people who deserve to have power over another human being. And yet, that is exactly what they desire. That is exactly what they desire. That is what they seek, and that is their motivation for doing what they do. But when they get in front of the cameras, they actually meet these terrible truckers have shut down and they've honked and they're terrorizing the population. 
innocent little victim. Maybe how you took away the people's incentive to do anything, to follow your rules that you have set forth that you cannot obey for yourself like Stacey Abrams, sitting in front of a bunch of kids all with masks on where you can show your big fat face with your gapped teeth in front of everybody, not following the rules that you set forth for everybody else. You're a despot. That's exactly what you are. Somebody should dust off Edie Amin's uniform and put it on you, Abrams. This is DHS Bulletin. You know, but they're telling you. They're telling you. They're telegraphing this. Okay, this is telegraphing intent. Okay, that is exactly what this is. They've telegraphed their intent. They're going to start shutting down. They're going to come after alternative media. They're telling you to your face. And who's going to be the ones doing it? Who's going to be the ones doing it? The people with the least amount of oversight. Ah, yes. See, the Capitol Police are the ones who have very little oversight. Very interesting agency, which answers to the legislative branch. Well, who's in charge of the legislative branch? That would be the Speaker of the House and the Senate Majority Leader. That would be Representative Nancy Pelosi and New York Senator Charles Schumer. So, this article that I dug up from townhall.com, posing the question, So, what's with the Capitol Police expanding its presence across the country? Why is it that the U.S. Capitol Police is all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they've spread to new precincts in several states, and now it's even being alleged that they spied on members of Congress. You know, um, just give you an idea of the collusion between media agencies out there. They're using the exact same stories, they're using the exact same headlines, they're using the exact same cover photos and title shots in each one of their slides. That's exactly what they're doing. Okay, ABC News, Capitol Police denies baseless claim its officers spied on GOP. And then PBS.com, Capitol Police Chief denies baseless claims as officers are spying on House Republicans. Of course he is. That's his job. And he doesn't answer to anybody other than Nancy Pelosi. He doesn't answer to anybody other than Nancy Pelosi. So, of course he's going to deny it. He's not under oath. Doesn't matter. His job's secure. He's not going anywhere. And, of course, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan has a different story. Jim Jordan has a different story and rightfully saying that we need to get to the bottom of all of this. So Jordan was speaking to Newsmax on Tuesday following Representative Troy Niles allegation that a police officer had illegally entered his office last November and taken photos of whiteboard inside. Niles represents Texas's 22nd district also alleged that three intelligence officers dressed like construction workers later questioned his staff about what was on the board. According to the Washington Post, there were mentions of body armor and a drawn map of Rayburn 
uh, of the Rayburn House office building on the whiteboard. Capitol Police issued a statement on Tuesday saying the officer had simply been conducting a security check of an office that had been left open and unsecured. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. And especially in this political climate, when we need the most transparency possible, right? Wasn't it just the left that was calling for that? And now they want to shut it all down, right? You either have police transparency or you don't. Okay, you either have oversight or you don't. And when we have stories like this, we have stories like this. You're either you're either uh, pregnant or not. It's it's no little bit, right? You're tap dancing into a place you shouldn't be. That officer had absolutely no right to go into that office. What if the roles were reversed? What if this had happened to AOC's office? I submit to you that there would have been a media firestorm, because contrary to popular belief, and I've mentioned this on this program many times, the squad. AOC and Rashida Tlaib and all those others, right? You know, the others that they're irrelevant and I'm not going to mention their names. They work for Nancy Pelosi. It's not the other way around. As the professional pundits will tell you, it's not the other way around. They work for Pelosi. They are putting forth, they're telegraphing the intent of the larger Democrat Party. And they're making sure... Their package, it's very clever in how they're packaged, but they make sure that they're going to maintain those votes. They have solid voting blocks. Of course, why even do that anymore? Why even go to the trouble of elections anymore if there's no transparency? Right? If there's no transparency. They absolutely did spy on this representative from Texas's 22nd district. They absolutely did. Make no mistake, they absolutely did. And there's a whole lot of spying that goes on on D.C. and a lot of political activities as well. They absolutely did. And you know something? I saw a picture of this representative and he had his combat infantryman badge on on his lapel. And I'm going to tell you, he knows the deal. He knows his gut instinct. You always, everybody with a combat infantryman badge knows you trust your gut when you get into a bad situation because the only way that you get one of those badges is because you've been in a bad situation and you had to fight your way out of it. You had to shoot your way out of it. Yeah, I know. Alright? And so this man is honorably serving in Congress, the great state of Texas, and they're going to come at him like this because they pulled dirty tricks. You got to remember that Pelosi is the woman who tore up the president's speech on live TV. Everybody saw this was the most disrespectful act probably ever committed right behind the president's back. Most, disrespect, most disrespectful thing that's ever been done. It's absolutely ridiculous, absolutely uncalled for, is completely unhinged, and it was cheerleaded on by these leftist statists who went on to steal the election. Always got to throw that point in there because that is exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. Living in their little gentrified castles. We had to go back to that living in their little gentrified castles with their fence around it. Because you know what? They want to live 
in that area to say that they live in the bad area of town, but they make sure they've got a fence up. They make sure they build that wall. Isn't that right? Because heaven forbid you get anybody else that, uh, you know, maybe I don't want these people around, right? I want to live here, but I don't want to be of here. Isn't that right? That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's, this isn't hard for us to see. And we see it. Okay? And yeah, hell yeah, you spied on this guy. You damn sure did. You spied on this representative. You know it. And Capitol Hill police did it. And they're just as dirty as anybody else in that town. Because how'd you get that job? You know how you got that job. And now you're spreading this, this town hall article. You're spreading to other places. You're spying on people's free speech. You're wanting to shut everybody down. You're wanting to shut everything else down. If we don't follow the official narrative, we don't toe the line, if we don't tell people to go out and take their poison darts, you're going to come after us. You're going to shut us down, right? Just like Joe Rogan. You just make life hard until we just go away. Isn't that right? But you're not going to shut us down. You're not going to win. Because just like the Canadian truckers that go on strike, and that's happening here, when you make peaceful change impossible, you make violent revolution inevitable. John F. Kennedy. Because there's a lot of people out there who have said enough is enough. You've taken our homes You've taken our jobs. You've taken every incentive that we had to follow your little dog and pony show. And you have the audacity to come up with these bullshit programs like handing out heroin needles and crack pipes to people. Using our taxpayer dollars to do that. You have got to be out of your mind. This is peak degeneracy. And we want you gone. We're fed up with it. And we want you gone. We've had enough. So your little DHS bulletin. Your little Department of Homeland Security. Terrorism threat to the homeland. You are terrorists. You are the terrorists. DHS hasn't stopped anything. Name one thing that they stopped. Name one thing that they made better. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. Nothing that the private industry couldn't have done better. But, you know, it's not going to change until it gets changed. You know, and, and the thing is, that the, the great irony of it all, why I used to play Rage Against the Machine on this show, right? Block the Beltway, shut it all down, Gorilla Radio, right? That's exactly what they're doing in Ottawa right now. That's what they're doing all across Canada. And the, these leftists, these little leftist scumbags, right? They hide behind the law. They hide behind their rules that you have to follow. You have to follow. They don't have to follow them, though. And we see it. They're delegitimizing themselves right before everybody's very eyes. And so, on the political front, it is quite ironic because what we see now is that you're not even going to have hope for political change in voting. We know that our voting system itself is fraudulent, but but it's not just that. It's not just that. 
they pick and choose who the candidates are going to be. And when you have a candidate who just colors a little bit too far outside the lines, they're coming up with a new trick to pull them off of the playing field. I submit to you a story that broke just today up on Zero Hedge. A North Carolina board asserts right to disqualify Madison Cawthorn as a quote-unquote insurrectionist. This was authored by Jonathan Turley, posted up to Zero Hedge. Uh, North Carolina Elections Board declared this week that it has the power to bar Representative Madison Cawthorn, who's a firebrand, young conservative, extremely popular in this state, an extremely popular guy, and I'm telling you, he lives by the values that he espouses. He makes absolutely no compromise. That's why they're coming after him hard. He, I mean, I'll say it. He He's the AOC of the right. And, you know, between him and Marjorie Taylor Greene and, um, you know, the, the, they're really standing up for freedom because you're going to have to. And they're recognizing it early on. So this is what they're going to do. They're they going to, here in North Carolina, the Board of Elections is going to decertify him as now he is disqualified to run, right? So they can put some milk toast candidate in there who's going to lose to the Democrat, of course, who pretends to be a centrist and, you know, get out all the boomer vote, right? Because there's no such thing as a centrist Democrat, period. It's not. They play that game for the cameras and they get old hand uh, Democrats from back in the day to vote for them. And, well, you know, I like apple pie and front porches too. That's exactly how it works. And we're not falling for that game. You know, young folks out there, the millennials, Gen Z, they're not falling for that game. Okay? Not falling for it. But anyway, North Carolina Board of Elections has declared this week that it has the power to bar Representative Madison Cawthorn, Republican North Carolina, from running in office due to his actions related to the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot. It insists that it can enforce Section 3 of the 14th Amendment and declared that he is an insurrectionist. It is a position that, in my view, and this is quoting Jonathan Turley, is wholly outside the language and intent of this provision. Cawthorn is right to challenge any such action as unconstitutional. Of course, this doesn't come as a surprise uh, for North Carolina. This is absolutely, there were some rumblings about this, that this kind of thing was going to happen. Um, the knives were out for Madison Cawthorn literally from the time he was elected. And they're going to keep coming at him. But you know what? If you are catching flack, you are over the target. And, hey, amen, brother. But uh, anyhow, in a filing to dismiss a lawsuit by Cawthorn, the board wrote, the state does not judge the qualifications of the elected members of the U.S. House of Representatives. It policies candidate qualifications prior to the elections. In doing so, as indicated above, states have long enforced age and residency requirements without question and with very few, if any, legal challenges. The state has the same authority to police which candidates should or should not be disqualified per Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The asserted authority would invite partisan and abusive practices by such boards. It is also wrong on the purpose of this constitutional provision. 
Moreover, there is a vast difference between enforcing an objective standard on the age of a candidate and enforcing the subjective standard, whether that candidate's views make him an insurrectionist. It is a very dangerous and slippery slope by which they are placing themselves, the Board of Elections. On one hand, they believe, and, and I'm very familiar with North Carolina liberals, and, and I've said this in the past, there is nothing worse than a North Carolina liberal. They always love to, well, before the great blue locust plague uh, that, that came into the state from California, there was really nothing worse than, than your Charlie Rose type liberals. They're very liberal. Um, you know, these are the people who will literally lie to your face. They stand for corruption and in, in really in its worst forms and make absolutely no excuse for it. Make absolutely no excuse for it. So, um, you know, anyhow, um, when they are moving to do this, you are literally radicalizing the most basic, decent, hardworking people out there because you are telling them to their face that they no longer have a voice. They no longer have a voice. They no longer have the choice they no longer even have the illusion of objectivity in their candidates. And when you do that, you are going to take the anger to the boiling point. These actions are not just dangerous. These actions are not just infuriating. These actions are not just appalling. These are the actions of a tyrant, and these are the actions of a government that is no longer representing the people. That is what this is. That is what this is. Plain and simple. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and, you know, we, we were kind of the whole thing about AOC was brought up. We, we were making a joke about some things and, you know, he's a very right wing individual too. We, we were making some off color jokes about AOC and whatnot and uh, a few other things and saying, you know, how people have said like, Oh, she should be locked up. Why? Why? Keep her out there. Keep her out there. I would rather have an adversary tell me their position. I would rather deal with the devil I know than deal with the devil I don't. I would rather have someone tell me their true beliefs to my face. I respect them for that. I don't have to like you. I don't have to agree with you. And I don't have to play by your rules or be nice. Not at all. I owe you absolutely nothing. However, I will respect you for holding fast to your positions. 
I don't believe that someone of a opposing viewpoint until they are ready to visit violence for theirs. I don't believe that we should do anything of the sort. Shouldn't lock them up. It's ridiculous. Why? They committed no crime that we know of. But when you move to stifle people's ability to vote for change peacefully, you are entering very dangerous territory. You're entering very uncontrollable territory at that point. You see, what each of these stories that I've talked about tonight, where they all intersect, is that in Canada there was no further reproach. There was no further option. There is still no further option. And they are continuing to offer no better option. You must understand that the motivation of a genuine guerrilla in a genuine fight, in a genuine war, relies on this principle. That death, that sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, in hope of a better tomorrow, has to be better than life under tyranny today. It must be. And if it is not, if those conditions have not been met or realized, you can forget it. However, once a movement has come to its zenith, that a hope for a better tomorrow must visit violence as a last resort, you have given the people no option. You have given the people no option. And when you have DHS bulletins like this one that seek to shut down the First Amendment, because that is exactly what you've done, our very first principle. And meanwhile, you make no bones about the fact that you want to unilaterally disarm the people. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to hit critical mass. It's sad. And it's avoidable. But with that said, that's why we train. And that's why you have to train. Because they're pushing all the buttons. Now, internationally, there's a lot of movement going on there too. We're going to talk about that when I come back from the scout course. But point is, is that you need to be ready. You need to be taking your preparedness more seriously because things are getting very, very unstable. And when a government begins such tyrannical measures as making statements like this DHS bulletin, we're entering very, very scary times indeed. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Go check that out. I've got a lot of dates up there. I'm going to be traveling a lot throughout the remainder of 2022. I've had a bunch of emails. People saying, oh, hey, you know, later in the year, let's see. No. Dates are filled up, okay? The dates are filled up, and the the courses on the calendar are what they are. Now, we will be offering, we'll be offering a couple more dates I'm, I'm going to have 
going up. One of them is a long-term austere care course that is going to be taught by an MD who worked for Doctors Without Borders. I'm really, really excited for this course. I'm going to have that up on the calendar very, very soon. Um, probably tomorrow morning it's going to go up. And um, I'm really excited for that one. Stuck Pig Medical has, you know, he's got, uh, Mech Medic has got a bunch of dates that he's going to be adding in there as well. So we've got a lot on the calendar. Uh, the tracking course, tracking course is a little over um, a month away. Get in on that. Okay, get it. Definitely get in on that class. You are going to want to know these bush skills in the woods. And a uh, little, little over a month away. I'm really excited for that one because I love teaching that AI, that class. I've got uh, another good friend of mine, certified um, law enforcement training tracker, forensic analyst. He's been to every tracking course on on the face of the planet that I know of, an incredibly gifted instructor. Um, but the, the cornerstone of what you need to be doing, you've got all the stuff. Okay, you got all the stuff. You went out, you bought the food, you bought the ammo, you bought the guns, right? Hey, buy more of all that. I totally get it. But now you need the training. Okay, you need the training. And come on out. You know, I create a, a very relaxed, good-natured environment. I treat everybody, you know, exactly the same. I, you know, love to get out there and interact with you. That is what I do best. And, you know... Coming out to class is really, for me, is is the most best thing that we can be doing. You know, it is that praxis that we do, that real world action that we do. We're making things count. Okay, make things count. Make it all count. Make the time that you have count right now because stuff's spiraling out of control. And these tyrants in D.C. are not going to willingly yield their power. They're not going to willingly yield. You've got to stand up and you've got to make it count. The truckers in Canada are doing it right. Praise to them. Praise God for them. And they are showing the example what can happen. But you got to get organized and you got to get trained. I tremble for what may come next. Because governments, tyrannical governments, do not willingly abdicate power. And tyrants, especially the pettiest of tyrants, do not like to be embarrassed and do not take that lightly. And I would consider everybody, all of the cast of characters up there, to be exactly that. Petty tyrants. Anyhow, folks, I hope that you're having a wonderful week out there. Give, send, go. If you can support these guys, give, send, go is the way to do it. Of course, you know, they had their financial setbacks and, um, you know, hey, it is what it is. But, you know, that that's a fight for another day. Go fund me. They showed their true colors again, whatever, to hell with them. All right, give, send, go. Caters to conservative Christians, 
to Patriots. This is a good company. And, you know, it's it's crazy. As soon as we put up the link, they we put up that very first link. Their, their site got shut down for a little while just from being overwhelmed. The server got overwhelmed. And they still have some, some IT issues here and there. Um, you know, but, but that is, that makes me proud that they have such a warm support and such a great group of folks out there. Okay. That are, that are willing to donate to be part of that. All right. Be part of that. Be part of something good. Be part of something good. Brushfeeder.org slash training calendar. Definitely check out the core states. There's something in there for everybody. Shoot me an email. I really want to have you in class. I want to be able to interact with you. I want to be able to teach you some skills to give you an edge for what I see coming together. All threats, foreign and domestic. With that said, folks, God bless all of you. I'm NC Scout, and I will be talking to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout. Out.